I think that the the right answer or even the the right mode of operating for a woman is like has there's a narrower mm. line to walk. I think that like male leaders can probably just get away with a bit more and or have a little bit more leeway and maybe yeah. get a little bit more benefit of the doubt, but that it's just a bit narrower and it's much narrower in the eyes of certain people. So like for instance with this friend, it was just I was just being too too much for him. And I just decided, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to try and change your mind here. I'm just going to try and get the output from you that I need. Welcome to 99 Humans. My name is Jeff LaCosta, curious coach and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, striving to understand how little things generate big impact. And I'm Nadia Carta, tech executive and lifestyle coach with a mission to transform lives and corporations by kindling hearts to generate a zeal for life. Each week, we investigate stories about the human side of leadership to re-energize your spirit and help you become a stronger leader. Because the reality is that leadership is messy, goofy, challenging, but always human. Thanks for spending time with us today. Let's dive in. So, yeah, the the sort of story that I thought of was fairly recent and is kind of still developing, you know, friendship, relationship, experience of it. I mean, like, I've worked on everything in campaigns from, like, where I've been total bottom of the totem pole or I've been, like, leading teams of 60 people or, I mean, actually, by extension, more like teams of, like, nearly 200. So I've been at many, many different levels and scales of things. And I think that like, if I'd been asked this question like three years ago, I would have like such specific things of like, here's how I figured out how to like motivate a team and create a sense of belonging and like, you know, do things right and do it well. And instead, the story I have is a little bit more about like, here's how it being a leader did not work out how I would like it to and how it was kind of hurtful. And then I just had to put aside certain things in order to do my job. So short intro long, basically, I well, that never I, happens to leaders. So <laughs> I can't imagine this being relatable experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, I hope that that's kind of what you're looking for is like, absolutely. Like, yeah, the real life. So I mean, because I don't know if it's a success. I mean, I wouldn't. Well, I'll let you, you know, I don't need to qualify it. So I worked for a party here called the Liberal Democrats for about four years, kind of on and off. I worked for another campaign, kind of on secondment for a while. But but generally, I'd been around this campaign for this political party for a while. And I, in 2019, was was among like, more, one of the more highly ranked people like in the on the director's team. And so I oversaw like a whole wide ranging group of people from like, digital to mail slash like post programs to like, the the data team, the research team, so just big spread of people. And in that, within that team, I sort of had like people who I kind of called my lieutenants. And one of them was a guy who I'd worked with for a long time. He was really talented. He works in like the digital sphere of stuff. He's has a really interesting background and worked in like marketing. So sort of had come from outside the political realm into politics, was super passionate, really into it. And we had been good friends for a long time. And during the election of 2019, which was a snap election, we should probably come back and I can explain some more of the details there. That was the first time that I became his line manager, like his actual boss, before we had been sort of 
like on similar teams and I was giving um, general guidance from polling and insight and stuff, but I hadn't been his boss. And I don't, I mean, I was gonna say, I don't exactly know why. And I've kind of given up wondering why he never, he sort of bristled at my authority in a way that I was very surprised by. And, and he did, you know, he would get my feedback and like, he would adhere to like the sort of chain of command of things, but he really like, yeah, just bristled at it in a way that I found that I was really surprised by. And the nature of snap elections in the UK is such that you won't know an election is coming. And then the government can be like, we're calling an election in six weeks. And so it's a really wild experience where you're like literally building the bus that you need to drive or building the race car that you need to drive in the race as the race is going. So yeah. it's like it's an insane time frame of things, because one of my favorite expressions in politics is that like you have in politics, you have three things, time, money and ideas. And so we actually had money for the first time ever. This political party was like oddly well-funded in this election. We had ideas. We had a new leader who had a real clear vision for what she wanted to be. And then we had no time at all. <laughs> no time at all. And so it was the most hectic time of my life. I literally would like get in at 8 a.m. And sometimes the only times when I would be seated would be when I was like speaking to a large group of people, either like the teams I directed or donors or whoever. And then the rest of my day, I was like on my feet, literally just like moving b between computers and answering questions and like troubleshooting the whole time. It was nuts. Sounds so like I really- time to have a bristly direct report. Tell me what that yeah. means. What does some bristling at your leadership look like? It was, he would bring some drafts of like, like a video or some ads that were, that were supposed to be like digital ads to run. And I'd be like, that's good. That's good. We need to change this part. I don't think I understand the concept at all of this one. Can we go back to the drawing board here? And like, how about that? How about we like hold this one until like the next week when, you know, that type of thing. And I'd give like real quick, like da, 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 move on. And I kind of, I didn't fully know during the election as much that like, I got a vague sense that he was not quite mm. loving it, but I was like, this is what it is, right? Like there's you know six months yeah yeah or six weeks six oh god six, six weeks weeks okay six weeks yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so then i didn't fully like i think appreciate where he was at until like one time i was like you are right like what's is everything okay today and he was just like i just don't think i'm the right per you're, like i that you're the right person for me to talk to about it and i was like okay like that's fine yeah. and more came out after the election that i like between him sort of admitting it more clearly and also like other friends of mine who had been on the same team as him sort of making jokes about how like yeah he did not like working for you and i was like okay <laughs> like wow all right you know and i and during the actual election itself the moments when he would sort of take my feedback and I could tell he was like, and he would just go do it. I was like, this is kind of, we don't have the luxury of time to like ease into a bunch of things that are working fine with other of my direct reports mm -hmm. to ease into like a mode of communication. And he's coming back with edits that are good, that are like satisfying what 
I need and he's producing good content and he's doing it right with guidance. And so I don't know if we have the like luxury of time to be able to like fine tune a mode of communication in a six week campaign. Mm. And so I was kind of conscious of the fact that like, he's not loving this, but the alternative is like not being as God, I can't even think of the right word. Like, lightening up on being me being more lenient of what type of content was okay mm. right that was the sort of trade-off well, lowering for your me. bar it sounds yeah. like in order to accommodate someone's preference almost. exactly yeah exactly and i realized i i couldn't do that like i it just was not the phase four and i knew like after the election maybe we'll deal with it whatever and there was a little part of me that did know he was not loving it that he was sort of you know but it was a bit worse than i realized to the point that like i just sort of realized like even in the year because this was back in 2019 last year that like he didn't invite me to his birthday party after the election because he was that upset with me and he and i had been very good friends wow. so i think since the election sort of realizing how i think he did tell me at one point like well sometimes your feedback was just like harsh and abrasive and i sort of have made a conscious choice with him because he doesn't work for me anymore and I don't work at neither of us work at the same place anymore and now we're just friends mm -hmm. and I've realized with him that like there is a little smidge of it that I think has to do with a little bit of a gender thing I think that's one part of it yeah I think there's also this other part of it that like he saw us as peers before and still sees us as peers now he'll make a lot of references now to us being like peers and i mean i have 12 plus years on political campaigns i even at that point in the election i was like most of the, you know i was midway through a phd like i had a master's in a relevant like field to my job and he had worked in politics for two years right and he had all of this other amazing experience but like we weren't peers and no one we worked with would call us professional peers you know, it just isn't. I have asked a friend since then of like, am I being a bit over the top? And they're like, no, like, no, it wasn't. But that's how he sees it. So there's, there's now I see in retrospect how like he didn't fully respect my authority during the campaign. He did what he was supposed to do, he follows direction, but he didn't respect my authority. And then even now, afterwards, as friends, he still doesn't. And so I've sort of, again, like I've made this conscious choice to be like, well, I think this is about him and not about me. And I appreciate his friendship. I love his friendship. I'm glad we're friends. Do I need him to see me as a higher ranking political operative in order for him and I to be friends? I don't know. I think maybe some people would, or maybe if I was feeling a little bit like, and in fact, if I was feeling a little bit insecure, I think I would need that. And at moments when I do feel some insecurity in my like in my career and profession, so for instance, going from being like leading teams of dozens of people to being a, only a PhD student, there are moments where I'm like, oh, I've lost, you know, yeah, my power or whatever. And 
And in those moments, I do, like, I will almost notice a little bit of a thing of like, yeah, and he's never respected me. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not the point of this, right? You know, if I had been his boss long term in a normal setting where we're working 35 to 45 hours a week, right? Like not working ourselves to the bone and not in a really highly stressed important situation with an election looming in six weeks, then I would have done a lot of work to be like, all right, we've got to get on like a healthy footing here. But that wasn't the situation. And it's not and I'm, you know, unlikely to be his boss ever again. This it's odd to say, but I've just sort of I'm deciding that in this instance, I don't need that respect validation. I don't know. While like, on the other hand, you know, I still get emails from people who I've managed before who are like, literally eight years ago, who are like, can you be my reference for a new job? Or like, you know, oh, can you read over this cover letter I wrote? Or like, you know, I'm still engaged with so many other people I've managed that I think that gives me a sense of security of, okay, I know a bit of who I am and how I've been as a manager before. I don't need this friend of mine to like, see me as a mentor if he doesn't yeah. think I am, right? The word that comes to mind is humility and how oh. much of it you have. And I'm kind of curious for you to maybe talk about the role of humility in leadership and maybe any differences that women have to navigate when thinking about humility. That's a really nice compliment. Thank you. That's really, I've never thought about it that way. I've thought about it more in terms of pragmatism hmm. and like, kind of dealing with my own ego. So where does my ego help me or hurt me in whatever I'm working on? Do you and think so, the answer to that question differs if you're a man or a woman? I think it differs if you're a man or a woman. And I think it differs on what context you're in too. Mm -hmm. So like, if I, I think that there's like, I think that the right answer is more because this is like the most subjective thing in the world, right? And they're like, 40% of people could always think that some leaders being has total hubris and the other and like 60% are like, no, confident, amazing, right? Yep. Like, hyper, hyper subjective, right? And so I think that the the right answer or even like the mode, the right mode of operating for a woman is like has there's a narrower mm. line to walk. I think that male leaders can probably just get away with a bit more. And like, or have a little bit more leeway and maybe yeah. get a little bit more benefit of the doubt that it's just a bit narrower and it's like much narrower in the eyes of certain people. For instance, with this friend, it was just, I was just being too, too much for him. And I just decided, all right, I'm not going to try and change your mind here. I'm just going to try and get the output from you that I need. So and like the context of it really matters. So for instance, when I've been, I was an independent contractor for a while and I like had to sell a lot, right? Go into new potential client and really sell myself as an expert and sell myself as this political and polling and quantitative research expert. And in that setting, it was like, oh, I had, I realized that I couldn't, I had to let my ego be real big and sensitive because then if I could tell that someone was like undermining it or like not buying into me, I had to be like, how do I win them over? And like, the charm offensive side of it is like a big part, I think, often of convincing people in that situation that you're like, I'm an expert. I know how to do this. Listen to my advice. You know, pay for me to do stuff for you. That being sensitive, having a very sensitive ego in those moments is important. You have to navigate those situations. While like for this one, I was like, if he loves me or hates me, 
is not what is going to be the make or break thing in the next six weeks in order to finish out this campaign. If we were working together for six months or a year or four years, like if he loves me, it's me does matter because that will impact his performance in a long-term way. That will impact his own like self-esteem and his own ability to like collaborate, take feedback, all of that. Right. But in the really short amount of time, it just didn't matter. Yeah. It couldn't matter. And like, and then in the longer period of time with our friendship, I'm like, I know he loves me as a friend and respects me a lot as a person. I don't need him. I'm not friends with him in order to get my like ego massaged on my like professional accolades. Just the fact that you were able somehow to maximize the impact in your job in the six weeks and get the job done to the highest quality possible and preserve a relationship you know, things may have suffered here and there along the way, but at the end, both things feel like they were accomplished. That feels like something that most people wouldn't be able to accomplish both things, honestly. You know, like one or the other might be sacrificed and you'd go, well, it makes sense for the good of the equation, but you balanced that equation somehow. I think I, I balanced the equation for me. Who knows if I balanced the equation for him? I think I do though. I mean, we just hung out the other day. We're still very good friends. So definitely yeah. the friend, the friendship like had a moment of like weakness for sure. But then like, so yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I'm, I don't know why I'm not taking this compliment, but like. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to. I think, I think part of it is that I think it's, it was really messy. We did what we needed to do. I feel very, and I think part of this comes from the fact that like, I am very confident that I did what I needed to do for that campaign and i'm really proud of what we put out through his team like i'm so proud of it i think it was really good work that just needed to go through a, a couple rounds of edits yeah. well i think he more wanted to be like here it is perfect great i'll go and i'm like it's not perfect yet there's a bit more editing for us to you know we need to go through a few rounds of edits so i'm really happy with what we did and how it turned out and i feel very confident because of the lot of the like polling and research that we did to understand exactly like what we were aiming to communicate. I feel very sure about that. And I think that's part of what makes me then able to let go of being perceived as a mean boss. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, that happens. And I'm, you know, I don't want to do that in a long-term managing relationship. Well, that sucks. And yeah. <laughs> it's very relatable. I'm not sure a boss ever goes through a like career and is never maybe perceived as being mean sometimes. I'm conscious of time because I want to respect your time. And one yeah. question we're asking everybody is, okay, reflecting on that story, if I'm a reader reading your little vignette here. What piece of advice would you have for me? I think... It would be, this might be unexpected, but you'll see why I get there. I think doing the work to build up your own sense of confidence and your own resilience is the most important thing for like the most highly pressurized moments. Because the only way that I was able to like kind of very consciously know the fact that at least one of my direct reports was not happy with, didn't like me as a person in that moment and who had been my friend and was my friend, but like the only way I was able to really 
deal with that and then still do the job that I knew I needed to do, which was still going to maintain that sort of mean perception in his eyes was because I had like built up my confidence in my abilities to to do, you know, the specific things we needed to do on the campaign. How did you um, do that? That sounds like great I mean, that's, <laughs> that is like literally like like I went to grad school when I was like, I want to learn how to do this new thing. I like would seek out every expert who I could find on different stuff. I like I got tons and tons of input on all of the research that we would construct. And I would like I would get tons of like feedback and questions and present a lot and build up this like little knowledge base that at the end of the day, I knew better than anyone else. Mm. And I and as and I would use the feedback in a way to like make it stronger, but I also like took it with a grain of salt of like, I still, this is, I'm an expert on this. Yeah. And I think it was building up my expertise and letting, giving myself room in my career to like go in a weird direction to be the type of expert I wanted to be. That then gave me like when I was m in more of like the leader role. Yeah. Just sort of the like confidence to be like, I know this path. Wow. I know how to do this and I know that I'm going to harp on this a lot with a couple employees and they're going to come back and be like, this is so annoying, but like, it's going to, I know it's going to produce what we need to produce. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. But that That's I mean, a nice outlay of something that is hard to achieve. And yet like it's, you did the work, you had the time and you had the focus over many years and that resulted in confidence and that paid huge dividends in a moment of pressure, like you said. How cool is that? And he's still my friend, you know, which is really- I was like, you rocked it, Denise. I don't totally feel that way. I think I have a little bit more of a messy, it feels messy to me. I think there are really positive aspects of it, but I think there are a lot of normal negative human things about it. I just know that's not how he sees me and that's okay, you know? Yeah. Well, it's not worth very much, but for what it is worth, having now done 21 interviews, <laughs> I think it's okay that it's messy. There, that's the point. That's, that's it's such point. a great story. Thank you for sharing it because that's the reality of what it really looks like, I think, to be a leader in yeah. those moments where it's messy. And when it goes textbook perfect, it's really not that often and not that interesting. Well, it's like shallow, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, here's an example where like, I reacted the wrong way in the moment and then I went and corrected it with my colleague and now, and then it fixed it, you know, like, okay, yeah. 100%. <laughs> and you're like, that's not even real. I don't believe you. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Wow. I'm glad that's what I'm glad that's what you're looking for because my other stories were like just a bit more boring and like a bit more like dry. Here's my here's the process I took for whatever. But this was the one that was just like has stuck with me in a way that I appreciate yeah. you sharing it because I I mean especially if it's with a friend and it's you know like that's emotional to mm. realize like oh gosh there's other people's feelings here too but that's what makes it a good yeah. Story, so thank you. And I think part of the reason why last thing I'll say, and then yeah, we'll end. But is that I fully, 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 like, more than acknowledge, like, I know on a very conscious level, that he might be right. That maybe I was an asshole, that maybe I was a mean manager. Like, I don't think that was my best, most motivating six weeks of my life. 
you know, I think that there were moments where I was really good and like, oh, more than not, I am really like proud of it. I don't have any specific moments that I'm like unhappy with from that time of my management with him, but that doesn't matter because his experience of it wasn't mm. great. So I fully like, I know that like my experience of it is one thing and his is a totally true valid like real like completely accurate view as well so you know what i mean that's why i'm sort of like yeah i mean good for me but like you know it wasn't that was really hard for him and i don't know if i made it easier and i guess that's why i'm sort of like there are there's success and failure within it in my mind i think so i i want to let you go too but now i want to ask yeah. what makes you want to keep going then what makes you want to pursue more leadership opportunities? Mm -hmm. Having experienced a dose of what probably there'll be more moments where you look back and go, I don't know. I don't know if I did the right if thing. I, yeah. I think that the, well, number one, I took a big break from work during the pandemic and like I'm from teamwork. So switching to just doing my PhD full time rather than working part time and doing my yeah. PhD part time, switching to full PhD work full time partially just to finish, but also to like kind of take that break from really intense political campaign lifestyle and relationships. I think that has helped me sort of realize that now going forward, I, so I'm probably going to start a little, what I'm calling a teeny business, not a small business, but a teeny business. I love it. <laughs> so small, I can put it in my pocket. I think every um, business starts that way. <laughs> right. And I would be fine if it never grew beyond like, four people and yeah. me and a website and I'd be thrilled with that. Someone was saying like, oh, you need to put together a plan of how to scale. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> and I'll explain why. Cause like, I just, yeah. So it's a teeny business, but I think part of my want for that as well comes from like a desire that if I'm going to be a leader of a team, I'd rather have like a close small team that I can actually dedicate the time to, mm. to be the type of boss I would want to be rather than the like, you know what? She's tough, but she gets results type of boss, which is what I had to be in that moment. And like, I know I had to be that and I did it, but I long-term for me as a person, I want the like, I want the more meaningful work relationships where you actually help somebody like learn a new skill, learn something new about themselves where they learn that work is not the most important thing in the world and that their life is the most important thing in the world and the people in their lives. And I want to be that type of boss rather than the like one I had to be before. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you got a flavor for a different style of leadership and you get to pick what kind of leader you want to be. And it sounds like that's, Part of this process coming out of the phd this is the kind of leader i want to be and totally yeah